Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today I'm joined by Martin Baum, the founder and managing director of My Management Accountant, an accountancy service that works with small businesses across the UK to help them save time and money. Martin is a seasoned certified management accountant with a background in industry, which he left in 2009 to start his own business. As an early adopter of cloud accounting, Martin has been a zero cloud partner since 2010. Outside of work, Martin is a husband and dad to three kids, home brewer, musician, and cancer survivor. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Martin Brown. Martin, welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Stuart. Yeah, thank you for having me on. <laughs> oh, thank you for uh, taking time out of your very busy day. And um, I'd love to hear your fascinating story because... You're an inspiration to many corporate refugees <laughs> that, uh, and you prove that perseverance, resilience, and persistence are uh, keys to success, particularly on overnight success, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, why, why don't you start at the start? Because I, th- I think it's just an amazing story. Tell us. Yeah. So I guess I'd always wanted to have my own business. I'd always had this idea of being in charge of my own destiny. I didn't really know what that meant. So, and, and kind of way back into the mid nineties, I was looking at all sorts of different things, different franchises. Oh yeah. So I was an accountant in industry. I did seem, I'm seem qualified. And I was working for a small owner managed business in Leeds. And what, what sort of business was that? Uh, it was a business where it was a manufacturer working in the construction industry. Right. So we were involved in festivals, all sorts of different things like that. So, And it was fairly frenetic day in, day out. I mean, it was a fun place to be, but it was hard work, you know, and as, mm. as the financial controller, FD, you just got, well, I got involved in everything, you know, if, if yeah. the server wasn't working, it was me that fixed it. If there was, uh, <laughs> we had a client in Norway that was my client because we had to fill lots of forms in. And so that was my job to do. So they were my client. <laughs> <laughs> we set up a business over in um, the Middle East. Um, so there, there was loads of stuff to do. Really, really fun time. But I was always looking at something else. I remember looking at Subway franchises, Papa oh, John's wow. franchise. Yeah. And did you practice making sandwiches? <laughs> well, that was, the thing, that was the thing. That <laughs> so the thing. So I remember the Papa John's franchise. They were really interested in me taking on a franchise. And I found the premises. And then, and then they said, well, we need you to work in it. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, no, that's um, until 3 a.m. in student part of Leeds is not going to happen so that was yeah. that finished and um and I actually left that business that I was working in and ended up going into a big corporate so I was a big BPO big outsourcing business we had a team I had a team working that were reported into us uh, based over in in Noida in Delhi uh, mm. really good team to work with but I'm not a big, big big business person I was in there for about three years I loved it I loved the team I loved the people that I worked with I loved the people in the UK that I worked with but it just wasn't for me and then I guess the thing that really gave me the nudge was, so in 2008, I've got three children, mm. a daughter and, and two boys. So my daughter was born in 2008 at the start of the year, January. Mm. She was mm. due to come in April, but came, decided that she wanted to make an appearance yeah, 10, <laughs> 10 weeks early. Too keen to yeah. get into the world. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first surprise. And then, um, so she was in Skaboo, she was in the neonatal unit and mm. we... 
found out quite early on that through a routine brain scan that all babies in the neonatal unit get, she had one. and We were told um, that she was most likely to have cerebral palsy. Mm. She had, I forget how they phrased it, but effectively a brain scan wasn't normal for want of a better term. So we, we found out quite early on that she had cerebral palsy. We didn't know to what extent. There's absolutely no way anybody could tell us at that point. But we, um, so we were fortunate to find out when she was 10 days old. A lot of families and individuals don't find out until children are much older Mm. and don't start hitting those key moments. Mm. So 2008, I continued working where I was working. We didn't really tell anybody about my daughter. Close family knew, Mm. told my boss at the time. Um, a couple of other people were told, but not many people really knew. We just really wanted everybody to kind of enjoy that first year of, of Bella being around and, um, and being with us. And But I do remember my boss at the time said, any appointment that you need, just take it, go mm. to it. Don't ever mm. ask for permission. I know that you'll make up the time. I know that you'll work around it because that's just the kind of person you are. So we did that mm. and I did that. Um, and then towards the end of 2008, so I'd gone to India I'd gone to spend mm. a week with my team in India. We used to bring the team regularly over. They used to come to us in the UK and, and they used to come for like six months at a time. Take, yeah, them away, right. take them away from the family and they used to come and you know, live in Leeds and spend time with us working in the team, but six months at a time. And I, I, kind of, I never thought that was really right. Mm. And um, I, I remember saying to my boss at the time, I said, maybe I should go there for one month end and just, you know, I'll help them. In, I'll, I'll go through our month end routine in, the, in India, mm. which I did. And, mm. um, you know, I was at the time I was quite a frequent traveler. So I did, I did the great thing, flew over, arrived on the Saturday, I think, got myself straight onto Indian time. So I was on yep. local time, <laughs> got up at 6am the next morning on the Monday morning, my first day at work. And then realized, remembered that the taxi was coming for me at 1pm because they worked UK hours. So oh. <laughs> pretty much every, <laughs> That's every a long day. day then. <laughs> yeah. So every day was pretty much a kind of a 7am working in the hotel through to, oh. you know, 2am I would get back dropped off. Yeah. And so it was a really good week, but I was exhausted by the end of it. Yeah. And I got back to the UK and my boss said at the time, you know, there was a divisional MD over there that I had not realized. And he said, they saw you really impressed. We're going to get you onto the fast track and move you up through the business now, but we'll need more. And I remember him saying, but we'll need more weeks like that, like the one mm. you've just done. Mm. And I was thinking, I don't really want more weeks like that one that I've just yeah. done. And certainly not for the shareholders of this big business that I'm working for. If I'm going to do big weeks like that, then they're going to be for me. Yeah. And um, so that was kind of November time, 2008. And then I handed my notice in and, and left just before Christmas and set off on my own in 2009. My wife did the same thing. She never went back to her employer at the time. She's not an accountant. She works in the, or she worked in the pharmaceutical industry. So she set off and did her thing. Uh, and, she went immediately into work. She was consulting. She didn't want to build a business. She was quite happy doing consultancy work. So she yeah. she was generating income whilst I was out networking and meeting lots of people and trying to tell them that I could do accountancy work and didn't really know what I was doing. And uh, <laughs> and I guess it really, so 2009 was when I started on my own mm. and it grew very slowly. Yeah. But I just did anything for anybody because you need to feed your family, don't you? So yeah, it's just, yeah I can do that. Um, do, do you remember your first client? I do remember my first client. He was actually a family friend of my dad, and mm. uh, I was still in touch with him. But he had two businesses at the time, and he had a little side business that was almost—it was a bit of a hobby business. Mm. He sold two pieces of equipment that you could sell to children. And I remember he phoned me up and he said, "Yeah, you can do my accounts for me." And 
<laughs> I remember going home and I was absolutely, I mean, I was just on top of the, top of the, uh, top of the <laughs> you know, world. Yeah. Fist pump in the air as I walked in and said to my wife, I've won my yeah, first. We're, we're, <laughs> and she said, How much is it? We're, we're rich. <laughs> yeah, how much is it? And I said, I'm charging him £600. And <laughs> I just remember the look that I got. Yeah. You know, because, but you know, for £600, it was a decent, I mean, it was a decent, it was a, it was a tiny business. I think I remember yeah. rightly because it was a hobby business for them. They literally mm. made £4,000 worth of sales. And but he'd asked me, "What do you do?" And I said, "Well, I'm a management accountant." And he said, "My mm. business is too small for management accounts." And I said, "Well, I absolutely agree with you. It really is too small for management <laughs> accounts." But I'm going to an- analyze your sales because he had two products that he sold: retail and wholesale. Mm. And so, basically, four lines that I split down on a spreadsheet and showed and compared it to the previous year. And I said, "That's why you've made more profit this year." And he was like, "Huh, that's really interesting." So. Um, it kind of grew from there, really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do remember six hundred pounds for my first first piece of work, and um, we do his tax return now. Actually, last year he did it himself, and I was like, "No, I wanted it to do it for you. We'll do it free of charge, but we need to keep it in the business because yeah, you, yeah, you are lucky talisman." So uh, that's so, right. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you're how, an important how we part started. of our history. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's where it started from, really. And did you have the name? From day one, has no. it always been the one? <laughs> no, it wasn't actually. It was a funny story about that. So my wife had come up with the idea. You when people they register business names, don't they? So I've got a business name. And what shall I call my business? It seems to be the biggest thing. And then have you got a domain? So I got the domain, my management accountant, because my wife said it'd be really good if you could hand out your business cards and then people would talk to their friends and say, who's your accountant? And they would say, well, you need to speak to my accountant and then hand over the business card with my accountant on it. And um, my accountant had been taken, and I thought, well, I'm a management accountant anyway, so that's where the name came from. But I didn't register the business name, <laughs> so I was trading <laughs> under my business was called Management Accounting Services in brackets Yorkshire Limited. <laughs> and about two years into my journey, I was at a presentation. It was at a seminar for a SEMA members in practice seminar, and there was a guy that was doing a presentation, and he and he was about you know making yourselves unique in the market and making mm. yourselves stand out. And, and he mm. brought up this page on Companies House website and it was mm. all the different iterations of management accounting services. So I was sat there in this <laughs> hall with management accounting services, Yorkshire in brackets, was right in the middle of this big screen. And I was sat there just kind of head oh. down to get and keep quiet. <laughs> but somebody else with the business that was on there was in the audience. And I remember mm. they started arguing with each other. The presenter mm. and this the delegate were having this heated discussion about how his name of the business was really good and the guy was saying yeah but it's not unique is it because look mm. there's 25 that's other ones <laughs> and, um, and that's just on this page yeah yeah so i just let this <laughs> argument i let this discussion go and then afterwards i was i was walking kind of down the corridors of the hotel and, and the presenter was walking towards me and i said oh that presentation you did was really good thanks very much and he said, oh, yeah, I'm fa- glad you found it useful. I said, yeah, my company name was on that page. And he said, oh, he looked, he said, oh not you, not you as well. Yeah. And I said, no, no, I said, it's absolutely fine. I said, I've, my domain is my management accountant. And I told him the story why. And he said, have you registered that business name? And I said, no, I haven't. And he said, huh, that's really interesting. And he walked off really quickly. So I walked off went, to my <laughs> you, better, you better get your, your credit card. Out. <laughs> yeah. So I walked to my hotel room really quickly, which was thankfully only about four doors away. 
and about five minutes later, I'd submitted the application to yeah, register yeah, limited you company names. So, that, so that, was, that, was in two, that was in 2011. So I started in 2009 mm. and then in 2011 registered the name. So which is why there's a little bit of a gap in between. You know, I've been doing, I'm into my 14th year, but the business is kind of the age it is. So yeah, so there'll be somebody somewhere thinking, oh, I wish I'd registered that. Name. Yeah, he missed out. <laughs> yeah. He didn't get back to his yeah. hotel room yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. The so Wi-Fi that, was too slow. Yeah, so that's where it came from. And I was always really keen not to have a comp- like my name, my surname mm. on a business. Yeah. Nobody knows how yeah. to pronounce my surname. Everybody <laughs> spells it wrong. Everybody thinks it's brown, and obviously it's not. It's bound. So nobody really knows how to pronounce it ever. And lots of people, did- when I do pronounce it to them, will say, are you sure you pronounced it correctly? Or are you sure you spelt it right? So I just thought, Having that on the name of my business is just going to cause no end of problems. And it just felt very, it just feels very traditional and, and, mm. and old, doesn't it? To have your name yeah. on a, the name yeah, on an account. A, the name and associates. Dog. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> sons, and associates. You know, and sons, and sons. Or whatever, whatever it might be. So now yeah, I was always quite yeah. keen to keep away from that very early on. So Do you, do you know where, you're, where the R went in history? It'll disappear on one day. <laughs> well, funnily, I always thought I always thought it was just a spelling mistake, and um, <laughs> I was, and you know, somebody's misspelled, and I mean, you don't misspell brown to be bound, do you? It's usually the other well, way around. Yeah, but um, just, just... I was once chatting to somebody that was from France, and uh, and they said, "Have you got any French relatives?" And I said, mm-hmm. "No, not that I know oh, of." And she said, "Because yeah. your surname is very Norman. It's from Normandy, and actually, if you go into, if you look at it, it is a Norman website, a Norman name on this website that I was reading about." So. Um, but interestingly, my, one of my uh, grandmother on my dad's side, she was brown. Her surname was Brown, and then she married right. my granddad and became a Bound. So she went from Brown to Bound, and she right. always said... <laughs> that must have been complex. <laughs> she said it would just have been so much easier for the rest of us if we'd have just done it the opposite way around. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he should have taken her name. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> he'd, be uh, a, he'd be a trend, social yeah, trendsetter yeah. back then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. So that was uh, yeah, that was where the name came from. It was, um, And that's, that's why we did what we did. Where's the business up to today? You started 14 years ago by yourself, 600 pounds... Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's spending most of his sales on on your your accounting, which is very generous of him. He must have been a good friend of the family. <laughs> yeah. So we've grown really steadily. Mm. It was me until twenty thirteen, and then I realised I've reached a point where I actually thought, well, I'm, I now need somebody to come and help me. I don't mm. know what they'll do, but they just need mm. to come and help me. I just I need help. Mm. So we started in twenty thirteen. Joanna, who joined the business, and she's still with us, Joanna. So oh, cool. um, she joined in March 2013, and we've just grown steadily. So today we're at 13 people. We were 14 up to about three weeks ago, and somebody's recently left. But we've yeah just grown nicely in terms mm. of who we are. We went into lockdown, I guess, on around about nine or 10 people. Mm. So we've grown quite rapidly through over the last two years because we lost people as well people chose to yeah. leave and move elsewhere so we've yeah. kind of dropped back and, and onboarded quite a number of people actually through the last two years of working remotely and so yeah we're at 13 people now and everybody remote yeah we're still remote yeah we're, i mean we're all fairly local to each other so i should say we're based up in west yorkshire we're based in huddersfield we had an office in a shared office space hmm. which we vacated you know prior to being told that we needed to and we've just never gone back to it, really. Constantly yeah. looking at some solution for us, but yeah. that, I'm absolutely determined that a solution is not going to be we all get into our cars every day and drive into yeah. an office and sit in an yeah. office at our desks. It's just not going to work. It's just 
not the way we need to do it anymore. So. Yeah. But we're fairly, I think it helps because we're fairly local as well. We're local, yeah. relatively local to each other, so we can meet yeah, can with do, each other. Yeah, you can do some kind of Friday social or something. Yeah, so, you yeah. Know, just the, I think there's, the English don't mind a Friday pub lunch. <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't, we don't do that, actually. We should, we should make you go. that, actually. You're giving me ideas, and that'd be quite a good idea. There you go. I've earned, I've earned my salary today. The, um, <laughs> and so you, you pretty much focus on the, you know, j- just the ma- the management. You don't do a lot of bookkeeping or anything at the moment. What about no, tax we, and, and, no, and other do. services? Um, yeah? Yeah, no, we do. So, I mean, I guess it came from, we started out, when I first started out, hmm. I used to go and meet businesses and said, do you want some management? I mean, I was I couldn't sell. I had no clue what I was doing, really. I said, do you want some management accounts doing? What are they? Well, yeah, you know what, what they are. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you know what they are. Of course, you know what they are. Everybody knows what management accounts are. And of course, nobody knew what management accounts are. If you yeah. don't have management accounts, why would yeah. you? Yeah. And I, so I quickly learned that actually what business owners needed was that he just needed the year-end accounts doing. And they just needed common sense conversations with an accountant, not something mm. that was kind of high level and that scared the life out of them, really. Mm. Somebody told me mm. very early on, you know, I was at a seminar and somebody said, is there an accountant in the room? And I put my hand up and said, yeah, I'm an accountant. Mm. I remember she said, Client, people would rather go see the dentist than come and meet you. And um, <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah. I remember thinking, that's, <laughs> hang, on. hang on a sec. That's not really how I want my meetings to be. I don't want people yeah. to be absolutely fearful. So I will learn quite early on. People just wanted, they wanted compliance doing well. They mm. wanted it just done, you know, quickly without fuss and then just a nice chat about what was going on. And then from there, then I was able to get to a business and say, actually, what you might benefit from is this because you're mm. a certain size. And so we started mm. growing. So we do do um, compliance. We do everything you would expect us to do. We do compliance. We do booking. Mm. So yep. Receipt Bank, as it was then, was the first partner that we started working with. Right. We were on zero early on, 2009, yep. 2010. Oh, good. And yep. we started on, we didn't add any partners on at all until kind of 2013, 14, and Receipt Bank was the first one. Yep. So we now say to clients when they join us, this is the tool you're using. Yep. This is how we use it. You don't need to do anything with it. Mm. We do it, but, yep. this is, but we need you to use it. Yeah. So we do do bookkeeping, but of, as you said, we then focus where we can with clients. And there's a growing number of clients now where we say, actually, you, you need these management accounts. And it's yep. not a sales pitch from us. We're not, I'm never out there to just try and generate more revenue for us because it's good for us. It's because that business will genuinely benefit from somebody sitting down and saying, you know, actually, the last quarter or the last month, this is what happened in your business and what's going to happen over the next quarter yep. and the next six months and the next nine. So we do management accounts. We're structured like a finance department. Yep. So we have a client credit controller. We do white-labeled credit control. Not debt collection. We're not nasty. We're just a credit control company <laughs> that picks up and form. And we just say to our clients, we're just going to form those relationships with your customers so that yeah. they know that when they receive an invoice from you, if they don't pay it on time, they're just going to get a friendly call. And they generally yeah. don't want that. So even if it is friendly, they'll pay you invoices. And it just helps. So we yeah. do credit control. We do payroll, which clients absolutely love. Right. And then we, uh, like I said, do the management accounts, forecasting. Um, and with certain clients, we go and sit at their boards, and be that board representation for them. And your um, tech stack, so uh, Receipt Bank, you would have bought from May, uh, 20, when was that? 2013. Maybe uh, they're, they're a decent size by then, but um, founded by Michael Wood in, in the UK and Alexis in Washington. and two great guys to work with back then yeah yeah 
it's funny actually because I saw our account manager from then, Jose, um, and I'd lost touch with him completely. And I bumped into him at the digital accountancy show about oh, three weeks ago. He was stood facing me, and it was like, so I said, you know, it, it actually must feel really good for you to know that we still insist. It's not even an insistence. You know, this, this is just it, ease. It, yeah. this is non-optional. <laughs> this is what you yeah. use when you come to our business, and this is how it works. Yeah. And actually, of all of the partners, of all the pieces of software that we use. I would say that Dext is still the one that makes people's eyes just widen and the jaws drop. So I've yeah, recently right. just I've recently just done a conversion with a, a third sector organization that I was familiar with before I did the conversion from their software to zero. But I said to them, What this wall here behind these cupboards, what what's in there? And they oh, said, no. Oh, it's all of our purchase ledger invoices and everything. And I said, Yeah, that you won't need them moving forward. Yeah. And um, when I you know tell them this is how dext works and and that's where the eyes widen and the jaws drop yeah. so that's amazing so yes we use so like i said dext is non-negotiable pretty much yeah yeah i still love the fact that it was probably fa- key factor number one why we were on on zero in the first place but the, the live bank feed just it still is just you know yeah. when we come across clients and they'll say yeah no our accountants never turned on our live bank feed they just import oh, statements wow. and it's just like no oh. that's literally the first thing you need to do yeah because that's your real-time reporting. And again, when you go to a business where they do, you know, they come from more traditional software and they're doing that monthly or quarterly bank rec. And then we say, actually, the first thing you're going to do on the every day yeah. is reconcile your bank account. Yeah, That's still amazing. So I guess in terms of what we use for Dext, like I said, we're zero gold partners. We've used zero right from the start. Um, I would say 99.9% of our clients are on zero. Yeah. Other tools that we use, I mean, so internally we use Ignition. Mm-hmm. And again, we've, I've used that quite from probably from around about 2015. Oh, good. Yep. And so I used that early on because I would literally, I'd get somebody saying, can you send me a proposal? Hmm. And I'd smile outwardly and then think, oh, no, that means I've got to do like a Word document. And I'm rubbish on yeah. Word. So, and then I've got to convert it to PDF and then I've got to send it to them. And then more often than not, they'd come back to me and say, this document you sent me, it's really good, but subtotals don't add up to the individual. Oh, thought, no, <laughs> you forgot. To you know, and if you kind of got three or four people that all are waiting for proposals, I, I just thought there must be something easier for me to use. This just has mm. to be a solution. So mm. we were on to Ignition. And it's interesting because other firms, businesses say to me, what should I use, Go Proposal or Ignition? Mm. And I said, it doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters. I don't know GoProposal. I've never used it because I've always been yeah. on Ignition. I said, I don't think it really matters, but just pick one of them. Yeah, just, whatever, just, whatever you're using will... It's going to be much better than will that. ...will be just, yeah. you know, struck off by one of them. Yeah. So go out and yeah. use one of them. I mean, Carbon, obviously we use Carbon, and, and it's great that Ignition now links to Carbon for us. That was, that was a really key feature for us, the fact that it's a direct link to kick off workflows. And we have... Um, so. Like I say, a lot of what we use, we then say to our clients, this would work for you. Mm. So I have referred Ignition out to a couple of our clients where it would particularly mm. help them. Yep. Go cardless, Stripe. We roll that out. We roll that out to our clients. We use it ourselves. So I guess we don't have a massive number of, of applications that we use yeah. ourselves. We're quite selective about what we do, but the tools we use, if it works for us and it works for our clients, then we get on board with it. Mm. What about um, reporting or where you're doing production accounts or do you use like a, uh, what's it called, out of Brisbane, uh, Fathom or any of those? We use Futurely. Yeah, okay. 
and we've used fu- again we've used futurely since it was crunch boards yeah right so we've used that for a number of years and i guess it was a bit they sold not that long ago didn't they? yeah recently yeah recently yeah. they just became part of the sage family didn't they so oh okay well there you go marriage of james <laughs> and the girls right <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely so um but yeah no futurely was interesting the one and why I like why I liked it at the start was so I used to have a spreadsheet that you know I brought mm. out of industry. I'd been using it since God, the mid nineties. I'd worked for a large, a large contract scaffold, and I had this spreadsheet, and I took it with me to every, every role that I went subsequently <laughs> after. It was a great working. So it wasn't even mine; it was my expertise at the time. He said, this "Yeah, is- I hope you paid him a bit of five bucks <laughs> each time." <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> yeah. this is a spreadsheet I used to forecast. I was like, "That's really good, actually." So um, we kind of, I kind of took it and improved it and used it in you know different iterations, and then. Um, kind of stopped using it over a number of years and then it was introduced to Futurely and Crunchboards at the time and started working through it and quite like the live board features that was a really good thing to start off with but quickly mm. was pushed to one side we didn't really use them but the forecasting yeah. size why I liked it it just worked the way that my old spreadsheet used to work you know you yeah, pick, right. pick a sales line <laughs> pick the debtor days and bang you've got a cash flow and it's uh, so but it was a slow burn and then we were in terms of adoption of using it and it only really took off with one of our clients with software developers said we want you to can you please produce a 12-week cash flow forecast for us a daily cash flow forecast for us but not in excel because we don't want to use excel and uh, Fair enough. so i said that's fine so we built it in um, we built it in futurely uh, we had them a 12-week cash flow forecast they also had like a five-year strategic forecast that was in there you know a month annual budget if you like all that kind of thing so all these different scenarios you could build and it really started working from there. So now what happens when we do management accounts, we do the work that we need to do in Zero. We use some of the reports out of Zero, mm. but we will then produce PDF reports from Futurely. And with certain clients, they have access to it. So they know to put their own, they might get reports from their sales director or their ops director, whatever, and put them in. And they'll collate their own reports and they're using the numbers that we produce for them, or we can mm. produce that board report for them. And so yeah, it mm. works really well for us actually. And your capacity to tell the story about the numbers improves, right? It's very, it's very important part of your role as, yeah, as absolutely. Uh, your outsourced finance department. I guess in terms of who we are, because we've got a strong background in industry across our team. Mm. So when we talk to our clients, I'm always really interested to know what goes on in their business. Like what's yeah. your key stat? And I don't want to know what, what your sales are or anything like because we can tell yeah. you that. Yeah, I'm a really big believer in that if you do everything that you want to do in the right way, then the numbers that we give you, they drop out, don't they? And yeah. you know, they, this is the end result of everything you've done. And a lot of times we have that conversation, we've had it in the past where we say, people in our team who've oh, done these accounts and this is what it looks like. And we say to them, we're producing the accounts. We've not done the, you know, that's not the business. The business is what yeah. it is. And we're telling you the story of it. So we say that to the biz, our clients. And it's really interesting when you, start talking to business owners and finding out what it is that really makes a business tick you know whether it's yeah with calls answered whether it's units or whatever it might be and in a lot of cases people don't really know that until they've had that conversation it's yeah it's, it's almost so blindingly obvious that until they've had that conversation with somebody then they suddenly get it sure so are, are most of your businesses sort of local or what kind of industries do you serve typically we across we don't niche really we're it's really yeah. interesting because my, my background in industry was construction so yeah right i set off thinking this is great you know i set off i should say i set off at the end of, so i said i left industry at the end of 2008 start 2009 so right in the middle you know middle of one of the worst crashes in history 
thinking, this is great. I'm going to go find loads of construction industry businesses because that, that's, that's who I am. <laughs> Except there's only two <laughs> left. There's literally nothing left. And I do remember my boss at the time saying, do you think now's the right time to leave industry? You know, like, I remember thinking, like, you're on quite a, yeah, I was on quite a nice salary. Do you think now's the right time to leave? And I was like, I think, I said, Chris, I actually think now is exactly the right time to leave because now is the time that businesses want to sit down and speak to somebody about what's going on. Because it just didn't happen like that. But no, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I did have this kind of idea that I would just literally work with construction and manufacturing companies. We don't at all. We work with all sorts mm. of businesses across a wide. So construction, manufacturing, software developers, wholesale, retail. We cover the bases. But the thing that we do, and the, the conversations that we have with those business owners, they're all so similar, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, we're counselors as much as we are accountants, and so especially the issue, over the last few years. Well, exactly. <laughs> but even I mean, just the conversations that you have with somebody, and it doesn't—they might be running a care company, they might be running the wholesaler. You have very similar conversations, and I've always yeah. been struck by how businesses from different industries go through the same cycle. So we might have a conversation yeah. one day with somebody saying, "I'm looking for funding." And the next day, somebody from a completely different sector says, I'm looking for some funding. Yeah. And then it might be uh, a question about credit control, but whatever it is, it's always the same thing. So we don't specialize in a particular industry. Yeah. We do love manufacturing. I personally love to see things tangibly that I can see. Yeah. So if, if somebody's given me a p- piece of metal and it's been converted into something, <laughs> I get it. We've got a client that dig, drills holes. They were great. <laughs> big know. ones, little ones, <laughs> all kinds. Quite big ones. Um, you know, ground engineers. But I can get that because yeah, I yeah. can see it. Yeah. So I love, I personally love that. We've got other people in the team that absolutely love software development and that kind of thing. So we don't specialize in any industry. Our yeah. clients, we do have a strong base locally too, as regionally, but we're nationwide. We've got clients. Yeah. Our largest client is a third sector organization based in London. Clients in Oxfordshire, Cambridgeshire. So yeah, no, just a widespread, really. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's, I mean, there's a lot of, talk over the last couple of years about you know operating a vertical or a niche in uh, my home country or adopted country i should say or a niche here (laughs) in the uk why is enough about work you got three kids and uh two boys and a girl and you mentioned isabella's sort of difficult history (laughs) from birth and if you'd like to talk about that we can but uh we were talking about um, your boys playing cricket the other day and, and um, reminded me of growing up in, in Melbourne, going down the nets with your dad and, or, and mates and all that, and just coming home with bruises left, right and centre. <laughs> your mates are trying to knock your head off <laughs> at any opportunity. And um, I miss, not that girls, girls are very good at playing cricket these days, but I haven't been able to convince them that that's a good idea. The main Aussie thing that's left in them, I think, is is Vegemite. The oldest one is Vegemite. <laughs> I would have to spot the Australian. Yeah, that's it. She's tried to take it to school a few times, and and her yeah, no, I would imagine. Like, in, um, no. I imagine Americans probably just look at her like she's completely. Yeah, no, they're a fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> no, I told you, my my, so I told my my wife's American, and she just said, "Look, I mean, I drink, I have." Oxo or Bovril in the winter. That's a nice drink, you know, because it reminds me, it actually reminds me of going to the football with my dad when I was a kid. There you, know? you go. That yeah. was a half time drink because you had to have yeah. it to keep warm, otherwise you'd freeze. Yeah, yeah otherwise you get hypothermia. <laughs> but, but my American wife just looks at me, she's like, oh, 
Oh, why, are you drink, you why are you drinking beef extract as a cup of, you know, instead, of, <laughs> instead of a cup of tea? I'm so, you yeah. know, Vegemite. I imagine Vegemite in, in Nevada is probably uh, not that common. <laughs> no, slightly unique. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, your boys are into football, and I apologise for the translation, but but it's an Aussie thing to do, of course. But but soccer here yeah. and cricket. How, uh, so we, we're actually we. Um, Coming in last Saturday, we were on the the west runways to Heathrow, and uh, which brings you over London. And um, uh, it was about sort of ten o'clock in the morning, and you could see all the all the cricketers over you know, flying over the ovals, preparing, yeah, rolling the wickets, pulling off the mats, <laughs> all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How's <laughs> cricket would be a pretty big a cricket and football would be uh, pretty big in where you are up north, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cricket's massive, actually. Is it? Yeah, it is. I mean, every village has a team. Great. And when I say a team, I mean every village has a yeah, senior a club. team. But yeah, every yeah. team, every village seems to have junior set yep. up as well, pretty much. Yeah. So we, yeah, it's pretty full on at the moment, actually. So, and I, and I love, I do, I never played cricket as a kid. I mean, so I grew, Didn't up, in, I grew up in the Midlands, and right. it wasn't as popular where I was. I don't remember anybody. Any, I remember doing it at school a couple of times. I remember going hmm. to the nets with a with a lad in the village that I live. At. I remember getting a ball straight into the lip, and you know, coming back home with oh, a fat lip as a kid. <laughs> but I, and I'd love to have played it, but I just I didn't. But here, hmm. it's everywhere, so you yeah. know, you just expect to play. So yeah, my um, my two boys both. Well, my my middle one plays. My youngest one's at the very start of it. He's just been doing uh, what they call all stars, a kind of an England cricket board sponsored thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find the next. Yeah. Broad or... Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the difficulty we have is that my youngest one, so he's seven, there's a five-year gap between him and our middle one who's 12. Mm. So our seven-year-old, when he was born, we thought, oh, we've got this nice baby again. We've got a nice baby experience coming along, you know, and what yeah. Matthew basically kind of got out of his car seat and that was it. He's like, I'm the same age as that kid over there looking at his yeah, big brother. Yeah. And then yeah, he was just yeah. straight into it. So, um, so yeah, so we have, he say so he doesn't play cricket, but really wants to and doesn't understand why he can't play hardball cricket at the age of seven. And um, <laughs> But yeah, my middle one, Josh, he's great. And it's a re- I said to them this week, so they have this rule. Uh, so he plays under 13s. Mm. That's his age group. He's represented the under 15s. Mm. That's where he took the ball to the chest earlier this week. So he's got a nice red mark <laughs> he's, at the he's, moment. He's been shopping for a, yeah. for a chest and, guard, has he? Yeah. <laughs> and he's actually, he, he played um, He played under 17s as well. He's only played once so far because he also plays in a band. So he plays electric guitar and, and the Nile oh, clashes with under 17s. But I said to them, so under 13s, I think when you reach 25, when you're batting and you reach 25, you then retire, not out. Yeah, and yeah. He did it on Jesus, Sunday morning. It's come down over the years, I reckon, yeah. I reckon. It was 35 or 50 yeah, when I, I was a was, kid. Yeah, it's 25 <laughs> and I think it goes to 30 under 15s and 35. I forget what it is. Yeah. So whenever I go to see him, he's generally out first or second ball. Oh, but we've worked out. So, we, so we went on Sunday. My wife was away. She was on a, a scout leader training weekend. So myself, my daughter, my youngest son, went to see Josh playing and he reached 25 he's on 25 or 26 and it was just phenomenal to watch him and I said to him afterwards I said oh you know when you were looking around were you actually looking for the spaces and he said yeah yeah and I said did you hit them he was like well sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't but sometimes I didn't but he came off he was retired not out and he was pumping the air he was honestly his fists were up in the air and he said that he came over straight away afterwards and he said to Bella because he's been retired twice now this season I missed the first one I was away running so Bella had gone to the, the other game and he said, I've been oh. retired twice now and you were there yeah. for both of them. So you can you yeah. come next Sunday? Which immediately <laughs> just causes then stress because 
Ella doesn't really want to be there. She's like, she's not bothered. <laughs> can she zoom in or something? She's like, I can. I might come next Sunday, but I'm not coming tomorrow night. I'm not coming on Monday night. And it's uh, yeah. so it was really nice. It was really good of him to you know he kind of knew straight away. Oh. This is why I've got it because my sister's here watching me. Didn't yeah, realize she wasn't watching him at all. She was just on her phone texting her friends or whatever. But of course, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and I said to them afterwards, I said, you know what? I said it really makes you proud when you. You know, when you're a parent and you see your children just do things like mm. you know, whatever it might mm. be, draw, write, read, whatever, it makes you really proud to do something. You know, see, make mm. you like, proud of them. But I then said, when you then see your children do something that you can't do, I mean, I can't draw, but I used to say, you know, when you see your children do something that you actually can't do and you really wish you could, so yeah, batting, you know, playing cricket and batting or bowling well or watching him play electric guitar or like my daughter goes she just riding for the disabled yeah well i've literally never read i'm petrified of horses and yet she gets onto this horse every week and rides around a field I said, when wow. you see your children doing something like that yeah it's like a level of pride that i can't really describe you know, they're all sat around the table looking at me like yeah whatever dad whatever you know yeah shut yeah. up, shut up. <laughs> Good on your dad. So, yeah whatever <laughs> so yeah so they play yeah we've yeah, three children just busy weeks the football i bet football cricket Riding for the disabled, karate, scouts, beavers, wheelchair football. We have one night off a week, I think, pretty much. That's a Thursday. And we try and keep that free, but there's activities <laughs> that are beginning to creep Let's into just it. Go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of appeal to village life and, and that sort of community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we absolutely – so where we live, we live five miles south of Huddersfield. We live in a village called Kerburn. And um, – we absolutely love it around here. I mean, I go out running yeah. and within five, ten minutes, I'm away out into the countryside. Yeah. And, and I, it was, I was kind of chatting about it, wasn't I? That, so my wife, she's American, Tina's American. She moved here. So her previous office was in Times Square. That's where yeah. she, prior to relocating to the UK, she, she was in Times Square. And she yeah. hated it. She hated the daily yeah. battle with the tourists. I can't imagine what it must have been like going into Times Square for work every day. But, um, you know, her office literally... <laughs> pushing looked, past Spider-Man. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, she's sad enough of that completely. But, yeah. So she went from Times Square to then working in a, cool, you know, in, a, in a small bedroom in a house in Wakefield, which is where we lived when she first moved over. And then we moved to the village. And, mm. and you know, to start off with, I used to get daily emails from her saying... Cows in the field across the way, or the sheep are in <laughs> it's the field. A bit, bit or... different to Times yeah, Square. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But we absolutely love it around here. Really, it's just once you have started, well, you know, once you start having families, and then you start meeting other families that have got kids that you're doing your activities, or you know, yeah. clubs and schools and all the rest of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good community. We know a lot of people. Like I said, yeah. my wife's involved in the scouts. I'm inv- involved in the local football team. Get to know a lot of people. Has your left foot? My left foot. Yeah, it's actually not too bad to be honest with you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it was funny. Um, so I, I gave up playing football. I used to play football, and I gave up in two thousand and five. We got married in two thousand and six, hmm. and um, my final game, I had an absolute. I remember I had an absolutely brilliant game of football. There you go. Go out in the high. Really played well, and um, I remember the manager said afterwards, "That's a really good game of football. Well done, mate." And I said, "Yeah, I retire." And he said, you what? Yeah, and I said, no, I said, I'm retired now. And because I was getting married about three months later and I'd never had a serious injury. I mean, I used to come off every week with an injury. I had like, you know, yeah. sore ankles, sore Achilles, bad knees, whatever yeah. it was. But I'd never had a serious injury. And I thought, I really just don't want to be hobbling down the aisle with a pond. So yeah. I stopped. Yeah. And so I've really not played football since. And <laughs> I kept a pair of boots in the garage and I'm out you know, it's like a number of times. Do you want to throw those boots out? I said, no, no, I'm just going to, I'll keep them. You never know when you might yeah, need yeah. them. 
And I wore them recently, about two months ago, I put them on for one of my junior football training sessions. And one of the kids passed the ball to me and I had a shot. I put the ball into the top corner. I was absolutely amazed. I mean, I was there you like, go. I straight in. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I've just done Retire that. Retire again. These, ki- these kids were looking at me like, that was amazing. And then I looked at my boots, these boots that I'd kept for 15 years, the sole had just completely fallen off it. So oh, like, good. That's, good. I'm good. retired. I'm completely done. So, yeah. One and done. Yeah. So, yeah. But you mentioned running. You're. Uh... You've completed not only marathons, you, you do some ultras, don't you? Yeah, I've done a f- couple of ultras. I've done a f- yeah, I've done about three or four, I think. I've done one. My first one was a 40 miler that I did with a group of friends over the peaks, over the Peak District up here. I've kind of done a couple of 30 milers, another one over the Peak District. I did one, I did one last Christmas. So I did one, so I was 50 at Christmas, oh. just after Christmas. And I decided, what are you going to do? Yeah, my wife said, what do you want to do for your 50th birthday? And I was like, well, actually, I just want to go out for a really long run. No, that's really anti. That's really antisocial, Martin. I tell you what, I'll do. I'll, I'll go out for a really long run the day before my birthday. Yeah, and then I can have a drink on my birthday with everybody and be sociable. So I found yeah. an event in uh, Shrewsbury, and it was a lapped event around a cycling course. It wasn't a velodrome. Oh, yeah. It was kind of a. It was like a road, yeah. a mocked up road, I guess, for mocked up road races. Um, a one kilometer course. So I did 50 laps of that. So you could do as much as you wanted. It was a sunrise to sunset challenge, which you know, my birthday's mid-December, you know, end of December, sunrise to sunset. It was a bit chilly. Yeah, it was actually all right. It was not a, not a bad day, but I set off and I said, that's it, I'm doing 50 laps, 50K, so 31 miles. That was... That's a good hit out. Yeah, and it was, I would say, it was probably my best run I've ever done, pound for pound. I didn't stop. I didn't get cramp. I didn't... It was really good. So, yeah, I've done I've done a few ultras and I've done, I guess, all together with marathons, I'm, I'm on 24. I would have done 25, but I dropped out of one about three weeks ago. I got to about that's 16 right. miles and just, I'm not enjoying this. That's, and that's I saw a sign. Not, not my f- day. <laughs> yeah, I just saw a sign for the finish and I thought, you know what? And one of my mates had gone past me and I, he said, are you all right? And I said, no, you carry on running. I'm just going to go through yeah. this gate. And I unpinned my number, stopped my watch, and it was the simplest decision I've ever taken, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Some days it just doesn't work. Yeah, no, no absolutely. But yeah, I love it. I love running. It's, um, you know, at one time it was about going out and getting faster times and now it is just, it's meditation for me. It's just clearing yeah. head, really. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. What's next for you, Martin? Are, are the uh, you're happy with with where the business sort of is sitting today? You, you look very at peace and organised and quite comfortable in your own skin. I, I think it's amazing what you've been able to achieve over the last twelve, fifteen years. I mean, you know, you would have seen some real hard times, I'm sure. And uh, thought, what what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, yeah. There was some, was, you know, yeah. There was some long nights, I guess, working through the nights, just. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Questions being asked: When are you going to get a proper job? Yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So I guess where we're at now. I mean, I am. You know, somebody asked me what if you could sum up 2020 in one word, what would it be? And mm. uh, politely, and you don't I said, um, yeah, validation. I think yeah. validation yeah. for our business model and the way we work. And suddenly, lots of people are going, oh, I get it. I get it now. I get why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, and why you do the way you do it. So um, I guess. For us, yeah, I'm really I'm happy with where we've got to, mm. but there's loads more to be done. Yeah, good. We're still on the journey, so and you know I just I want us to reach out to more businesses to do what we're doing and let them yep. get the benefit of how we're working with some of our you know the, our other clients. Yep. Would you consider a sale if somebody came with a decent check? That's always a really tough question, I think, isn't it? You know, when I've been on mentoring boards and you talk to people about their businesses and it doesn't matter what sector they're in, it's a really tough ask, I think. I don't know because at the moment I've got, kind of got this idea in my head that how long I want to work for doing what I'm doing, you know, yeah. it involves kind of the age of the children and they're still quite young. 
So yeah. I guess it depends on the size of the check, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, Everything's that's, for sale, you know, right? At the end of the day, <laughs> I guess it depends on the size of that check, really. Yeah. But no, I'm really happy with where I am. I'm really happy with the business. I'm really happy with how it lets me get on with everything else that I do. I guess really, the, you know, yeah. the time that we, we do, busy, we do, we do need a lot of time. <laughs> we do need a lot of time, you know, and a lot of headspace to help navigate things that Bella need and yeah and the fact that we've you know it was all maybe that's what being in charge of my own destiny was all about it's not financial yeah I mean our headline our headline value on our website our headline culture is more than just the bottom line for me yeah and it's a really strange thing to hear an accountant say but money's not the driver for what we do I guess yeah it's everything that brings around it you know we talk a lot about being there when life happens and life has happened to to my family more than once over the last 10 years and it's happened to people in our business it happens to our clients and it's about Mm. building a business that allows us to work and do what we do and do it well and do it professionally yeah but taking account of you know when when life happens we can step up and we can help each other out and my team do that all the time to each other and for me and and i'd like to think i do that for them as well yeah yeah i mean the navigating the needs of isabella has obviously been a, a significant effort over her lifetime so far but from what you were saying yesterday, you know, she's doing really well, but it, it always comes with complications and difficulties. Yeah, yeah, there's challenges. I mean, it's, of course, there's challenges. Um, we've, funnily enough, today we've just booked it, so there's a summer camp coming up that we book her onto. She loves it, but we have to make sure that there's carers that can come and help her do it. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have to balance up that demand from her saying, have you booked me onto that summer camp yet? Yeah. Well, no, Bella, we haven't because we need to find – we didn't realize that the two people that helped her last year kind of work at the school where she's at. They work support workers, but they're free over the summer. So yesterday she came on. She said, oh, I've spoken to them. They can help me. So, oh, it's sort oh, of okay. my own care. Well done. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Bella. And, and, actually, and lo and behold, my, wa- my wife had received an email from both of them today to say, no, we've spoken to oh, Bella. Okay. So that, that's fine. So that's booked on. So, you know, and it's just, there are challenges. We love to travel. My wife mm. and I, we love to travel. We'd love to take our kids abroad and and to get yep. you know just italy spain wherever it is get and go see where the locals are but even back you know go to the states to visit the grandparents at the, the most basic level and but this challenge yep. is we're getting onto an airplane with the wheelchair that bella has and yep. how we do that i know it can be done because people do it all the time but we haven't done it yep. for a few years so how do we do that and it, we just can't we can't ever book a last minute flight because we have no. to book a flight and then speak to them directly to say this is what we need so yeah it's that kind of thing yeah, it's just the, the things that we, uh, we take for granted yeah. uh, require a lot more effort and energy and time and and as you said, headspace. And, yeah, and uh, but it, it sounds like you know the your balance of work and family and the kids and Bella's needs of are always competing. Yet at this point in time, are in a really great place. Yeah, no, I think it's good. And we like to keep ourselves busy. We've always been people yeah. to keep busy. And so having the business is, it's one arm of that, you know, of, of our week, yeah. really. I don't yeah. I don't have time to work weekends, if I'm honest, but I've never been a big one to say, right, I need to work this weekend. And that's me. Yeah. Like, you need to go and do something with the kids because I'm working. I've just never been, it's never felt right to me. Never felt right to me before we had children. I didn't want to work. I work hard enough during the week. So yeah. we get to a certain point now. And that's the great thing about being remote is that I can be up and working before people wake up in the morning and I can take a break for the morning routine. I do the school runs. I can, you know, collect my youngest from school on a, when, if he wants me to or if he don't want me to sometimes. It's like, I don't want you today. I want my mum and whatever it might be. Yeah. But, you know, that's the great thing about it, isn't it? Whereas mm. even just going back to when we were in the office thinking, oh, no, it's my, it's my pickup today. 
and then having to pack up quickly, yeah. leave the office, drive yeah. home, drop yeah. him off at home, go back to the office to finish off. We don't have that. I don't need. I don't no. need it. Nobody needs it. I don't want no. any of my team to have it. No. So yeah, you know, and, and we've interviewed people over the last couple of years, and you know, they've said, you know, what can I do about school assemblies and the this and that. And it's like you don't need to ask about a school assembly. If you're yeah, not yeah. in the school assembly, <laughs> you go to the school assembly. You know, you don't need yeah. to ask. It yeah. just seems it's common. It seems absolute common sense to me. But having been in a corporate world, I know that it's not common sense. You know, it's yeah. I'm at a school assembly. That's the yeah. problem with common sense. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm off to the school sports <laughs> day tomorrow. Are you? Have you booked the afternoon off? Well, do I need to really, honestly? Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, I think we're in a good place. Mm-hmm. Well, which brings us to time, Martin. Hey, um, look, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last couple of days and um you should be so proud of of what you've been able to achieve for you and your family and and uh we at carbon are thrilled to be you know just a little part of that journey you know and um you know the people like you are, are the reason that uh, we do what we do and and uh you know it goes without saying but but if there's anything that we can do to help we'd be um, more than happy to do so and and, and always reach out if you need anything. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you, Stuart. I mean, I'm just, you know, on our, I'm really pleased that Carbon's going to be a large part of my management account, and it is. It's very quickly become, a, you know, a large part of who we are. So any successes that we see from now on will, in a large part, be down to me no longer having a to-do list in my head and people saying, did you yeah. promise somebody that we'd do that? Oh, yeah, I did, yeah, actually. <laughs> so, no, it's it's there. So, you know, it's really good. And Carbon and my management account, it's a really good fit for us. Yeah. You know, we love working with you guys yeah. and we really appreciate the support. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I really enjoy it. Likewise, man. Have a great afternoon. Same to you. Same to you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com slash resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.